Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Quantum Spirituality right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Mike Papati. Well, ghost hunter, UFO sightings, all those other lovely weird tales. Are they real? I can vouch for that. They are. But this is something that he is doing. See you on the other side. That's his podcast. But it's all about what's on the other side. He does some wonderful Madison ghost walks, um, which has now expanded to American ghost walks, and preserving and boosting haunted industry in eight West Western uh, cities. Uh, he's a podcaster, but he's also a rock star. And we're going to actually be closing out for some of his music today. So we have got a triple whammy here today for everybody. Welcome, Mike. Thank you very much, Sarah. I uh, hope you're having a nice day. Hey, actually, I've just had a wonderful pre another interview. And so in that wonderful vibration right now and ghost hunting, really ghosts are energy, aren't they? They're, you know, people kind of perceive them as being physical entities, but they can manifest in that way. But it's all about they are energy, energy that they've gathered, taken with them. And they come back here for a reason. Yeah, I mean, it seems, there seems to be like several different kinds of encounters that people happen to have. Um, one of them is almost like the energy's left, like a recording. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's, you know, they call it the stone tape theory um, based on this 1971 BBC movie written by uh, Nigel Neal, the guy that wrote uh, quarter, the Quatermass series most famously. Um, but the idea is in the, the stone tape is mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, when you, you can imprint... Uh, audio onto vinyl uh, by the grooves in the record. And so mm -hmm. you're imprinting the audio onto vinyl by the grooves in the record. Now, what if you could do the same thing with energy on a building or energy on a place? Um, somehow um, a visual or a, you know, or like a, a recording of something that took place and that gets recorded onto the, uh, onto the area, like those grooves in a record. And so like you have to have the correct, you know, needle, in the phonograph mm -hmm. to be able mm -hmm. to play back the record. That's the same kind of thing with a, a haunting. Yeah. Um, something could be played back under the correct circumstances. And, you know, that's, so that's like when you see a cowboy walk through a bar or something so some people like, Oh, I saw a ghost of a cowboy just kind of wander through, but he didn't say anything. He did. The cowboy didn't look at him. They didn't interact with anything. Mm -hmm. It's, it's that idea of the, um, uh, the, the recording is being played and you're watching the recording play right before your eyes of, of mm -hmm. something that happened there. Could that happen with emotional energy? Could that happen with spiritual? You know, that, that idea, um, just like it does with the grooves in a record with audio. Um, so that's a, that's, you know, one kind of energy that might be that thing. And there's also, uh, the idea of the intelligent haunting mm -hmm. where it's not a recording, it's a spirit. 
it's a disembodied intelligence that is coming in. It's answering your questions. It's doing things. If it was a ghost that came up and, you know, if it was Slimer and the Ghostbusters, a class five free roaming vapor, you know, that came right in front of you, um, you'd be able to interact with it. You'd say hello. And if it's, uh, who knows what it would say to you, but that's the kind of idea of these intelligent, um, that's traditionally what we think of as a ghost, uh, this kind of disembodied intelligence floating around out there in the ether and manifesting itself in some form um, versus a haunting, which would people think of as a, uh, the recording, the, the tape being played over and over. Um, and then there's things like poltergeists, mm-hmm. which the noisy ghost, um, the idea where you may not see something happening right in front of you, but all of a sudden the plates go flying out of the, um, out of the cabinet or um, the light bulb breaks, um, or you hear strange, you know, strange noises, uh, you know, that can't possibly be made by anything there. Poltergeist activity could be um, stones being, th- that's a, a big one, is it's like stones being thrown, like almost stones raining on a house um, when there hasn't been any, you know, on, on the house with the activity in it, not with any place happening nearby. Right. Um, and so then that kind of entity, all right, is that a disembodied intelligence? Is that, um, well, is that an, an elemental, like a nature element? Is it a fairy? You know, that's all these kind of things that it could be. I mean, we don't really have any good explanations for anything, but we know that people experience um, paranormal activity, whatever it might be, and we're doing our best to uh, document it, learn about it, uh, try to figure it out and help them make sense of it in some way. Um, and, uh, you know, just thinking, I'm thinking about the three main, you know, kind of experiences that people kind of have when you talk about energy. Um, there's energy recorded, there's energy in an intelligent fashion, and there's energy that seems to express itself in the light bulbs breaking and stones mm. falling in the house and, and things like that. So there's those kind of experiences um, happen to people, they're happening to somebody right now. Yes. And uh, it's, it's, our job to uh, try to go in there and, and figure out exactly what's going on, or at least help them get some kind of um, meaning to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think- sometimes it simply can be a message. You know, somebody is trying to, to relay a message. You know, sometimes, uh, it, you know, it's just somebody who's there kind of earthbound, didn't want to move on stays right. looking after the house or the family you know they're staying around there and then of course you have quote the body snatches which i have had the experience with and growing up i played with dead people um oh, you know I, I couldn't understand why other people couldn't see these other people i was seeing and for me it was just there were you know they're dead people what are you talking about can't you see them? They're right there. Um, and I think that's just a question of, you know, our, our channeling and how we're open. And I've always been very spiritual, so lots of things have happened. But I was body snatched. I had my uh, chakras and everything were all too open. And I was really kind of open to everything at that time and a little bit too open. And it took four people to hold me down as I'm riling on the bed with this entity shouting out, it's my father. And these football players that I share the house with, that none of this would ever have crossed their radar. Right. Shouting back at the spirit, leave her alone, you're no father of hers, as <laughs> they tried to hold me down. Scared the bejeebies out of them completely. And then a short time after that, we had a weird phone call in the middle of the night. This was in South Africa with a phone in the hallway. And so whoever heard it went and picked it up and everybody came out and I'm holding the phone. And as I'm doing it, I'm going pale. <laughs> 
And they say, what is it? What is it? And they took the phone from me and there was just a sound on the other side. And they slammed the phone down and within an hour I was hemorrhaging blood and had to go to hospital. So those are the ones that if you don't protect yourself, there are energies sure. that come in and they, sometimes they don't realize they have passed over. And they just want to get back into another body. And I was well, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard too much about the body snatching idea. What so <laughs> that I find that's really interesting. So in, in that kind of experience, are you feeling that there's some kind of disembodied intelligence that's trying to take over your body and, and control you like a possession? Yes, kind of I, I, I was scratching at myself, making myself bleed. And, uh, and I couldn't control apparently all sorts of sounds are coming out of me. You know, all I know is that I'm being repressed. I okay. don't have control over my own body. I'm kind of aware what's going on, but at the same time, it's not me. And you know, you, you want to fight to get you back and it took all of them to fight and scream at whatever this was. Cause they could so the, definitely the see, other guys see it. The other guys see a scratching yeah. you and stuff like yes. that. And they're like, you know, what's going on? They yeah. jump and they're like, they, they, so there's, they're restraining you, yes. you know, as you're bucking around yeah. and wow, that's, um, that's really interesting. So, the other presence inside you, could you hear, hear it, feel it? Or was it just the feeling of your being like you were just taken over like a remote control kind of thing? Or mm -hmm. could you actually hear the, the presence inside you that was starting to move your body parts around? Less hearing, more feeling. Okay. Um, and apparently the words were coming out of me, possessing to be my father. These guys, no father would do, my father had passed over. So these sure. guys, are, no father would do this to their daughter. And, <laughs> well, and uh, but I know I'm not in control. Um, so I don't know what's coming out of my mouth. My body feels like it's clenched, but at the same time, it's riling. And, and you know, as I said, I grew up playing with dead people and, and for a long time I used to walk graveyards and have conversations. I'm a weird one. Okay. <laughs> but uh, um, it's, it was a question in there. I had no control. Um, and, and if it hadn't been for them, I don't know what would have happened, but it was them holding me down and screaming at this four people, two football players and two other girls that shared the house. And uh, as I said, none of them ever dabbled in anything like this. So they were totally freaked out. Well, you know, as someone who has um, been able to see, you know, to see dead people or spirits or things mm -hmm. like that. Um, as like, as you were sitting with a kid, you'd see, phys obviously they seemed physical enough to you where you would talk yes. to them and, and be yes. wondering why other people couldn't right. see them. Um, have you found that that means that uh, these entities have sought you out and then maybe that because you were open to it, um, that would be why some kind of harmful creature or, you know, harmful spirit mm -hmm. would be like, okay, we're going to get in her because she's open. She knows, yeah. you know, she, she's, she's her antennas on or yes. whatever. The, yes. the CB radio was plugged in. <laughs> the invite has been sent out, right? You know, the right. neon sign, come and possess me. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and that's different. interesting. Yeah. Did no. it feel like, did it feel like a human, um, uh, did it feel like a human spirit or did it feel, I think about, you know, possessions, uh, that naturally occur in some of the um, West, Afri West African religions mm, or in Hindu now, yeah. you know, where that, that idea that the loa coming mm. into you kind of thing, where it's some kind of elemental demigod, you know, higher level spirit and not, yeah. a, some, not, not somebody that used to be a human, let's say. Right. And so did you feel like what kind of entity might have been poking No, this was there? an earthbound. Um, I've, I've interviewed quite a number of people who channel. 
and one of them um, channeling ascensions, that entity was not an earthbound person. It mm. was a universal person that chose her to speak through her. And then there's Tom Negolo and that um, um, he channels the guy who built the Taj Mahal, Kotumi. And, okay. But he doesn't remember anything that goes on when he channels. He just goes to black and then Kotumi takes over. For me, when I was a child, they were there physically. I was a very sickly child, so I was alone a great deal. And so I, I did a That's lot of... interesting. I've heard that from several mm. people that have had kind of experiences that either they were sick often yes. or there was some kind of, um, I was actually just talking to a, a friend of mine who talked about a story. He was very sick as a kid, was in the hospital and everything. His grandfather came to him um, yeah. and told him everything was going to be all right. And then he, you know, when he comes back, he's like, oh, well, granddad was here and he said, everything's going to be all right. And they're like, well, your grandfather died while you were in the hospital. And so there's no possible way he could have showed up, mm -hmm. but the, he remembers him. Um, and we yeah. think about that, like it, but then he started having experiences after that. So it was that kind of brush with death yes. that opened him up to that. So when you said like, you know, if you were sick a lot as a kid, um, and I but wasn't I also, sick a lot as a I kid, also so maybe that's why I don't have those. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I was also rich? nearly died being born. My mom was literally a week in labor with me. And it got to a mm. point that the, the, the midwives pushed me out, dragged me out <laughs> because I wasn't being born and, and I was in dire straits when I was. Um, but so, yeah, I do think for a lot of people who actually are, are channelers in whatever way, and we all can channel to some degree, whether sure. we're channeling, you know, you talked about, you know, people that like Pascal Fractal, Tester and um, Einstein and all of these people, they're still around and they find the minds to channel to that understand their work and what they need to do. And this is why we see that work kind of expanding out today, which is wonderful. Um, but they get messages and each one of them will get it in a different way. For me, everything plays out in a movie. Okay. So people are coming in, it's, it's I'm seeing the movie, I'm seeing the scene. And sometimes the scene doesn't make sense, but you know, somewhere along the line, it will, you know, reveal itself. But there's so many different ways, you know, there's just the ghost haunting as you see where you see people. Um, and I often do. Um, and the, then there's the people that are kind of housebound and, and they don't right. want anybody else moving in Beetlejuice, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but you've got so many different ones out there. And, uh, um, you know, obviously, this is not a subject that I've widely talked about myself, and I'm interviewing you. But you know, oh, sure. Uh, well, I'm just, I'm just interested, <laughs> you know, because you know, because I um, I have had a few paranormal experiences, but nothing um, in particular that would have blown anybody's mind, kind of mm -hmm. thing. Um, but just some stuff that was really unusual, um, and they've led me to want to see, you know, want to yeah. check it out no more. more. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, growing up. I was always fascinated, you know, whenever any of this kind of stuff was on TV and we didn't have, you know, paranormal reality, there was no ghost hunters or ghost adventures, but you'd have uh, Arthur C. Clarke's world of strange mm -hmm. powers. Um, uh, whenever they would have some kind of ghost story on that's incredible or whatever, mm -hmm. or real people, I'd get excited. That was our reality TV at the time. Yes. Um, I'd go and watch Much that. more decent than what's on now. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, usually funnier, um, people like you know like fred willard who just mm -hmm. passed away was a real people cast member but the thing is they'd always be um you know they would have those once once a month or once every couple of months you would have a, a werewolf story that they go yeah. check out or, or there's the haunted toys r us in california that probably because it was in california was on a hundred of those shows mm -hmm. and so i would just be fascinated but 
it all, growing up, grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and to your listeners that may not be familiar with the Midwest, uh, Milwaukee is a town of about oh, a million people, about 80 miles north of Chicago. So um, Wisconsin, Midwest, cold in the winter, hot in the summer. Uh, it's a place where a lot of people, like Illinois, big population, a lot of them come to go on vacation. And so growing up in that area, um, you just didn't, you know, you, you, it was hard to feel connected to the place and the stories because all the stories we were watching were on TV or they were on the movies or mm. books and stuff written by people in other places. Right. And um, it was basically my sister and I, we'd listen on WGN radio, which is a big radio station in Chicago. And you could hear their local ghost tour guide, Richard mm. Crow, tell the ghost stories of Chicago. And all of a sudden we could start hearing about these tales, these haunted tales that were close to home. Places mm. that we could go on the weekend that we could ask our parents to take us uh, on a radio station, you know, not very far away. So we're like, now that made it uh, exciting and real mm-hmm. that, you know, there's history. And because like, you know, when you're a kid and you're going to like history of the farm or whatever, it's just, it's not going to capture you. No. Nothing wrong. I think mean, farmers no. are obviously the most admirable yeah, people granddad. in the world. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's just not, it's just not capturing you like, um, you know, the history and especially, you know, obviously, in, in everywhere has a lot of history, but um, like written history in Europe goes back 2000 years, you know, written history in the Midwest mm-hmm. uh, goes back to like the 1830s. Yes. Um, I mean, after the European settlers and, but it's also learning how the European settlers took the, you know, took the native legends and they adapted them to their own kind of legends and how everything mixed and matched and the cultures came together, clashed and united and, you know, all those different kind of things that make um, the place exciting. And we were discovering that listening to the history of Chicago, uh, on the radio station. And so, um, my sister started a ghost tour in Milwaukee because they didn't have one in like 2008. And a couple of years afterwards, um, my band had just finished a tour and I needed to, I'm like, well, what am I going to do now? I should probably find some, make, make some money somewhere. And uh, she's like, you should start one in Madison. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, that's a great idea because it was like August. So if I started writing in August, the research and writing in August, I could get it launched by the end of September. And then I could, um, you know, make some money during Halloween season. And that and what ended up being just a way to make a few bucks on, um, you know, before, you know, uh, Halloween was over, ended up being something that uh, now it's been 10 years. Mm-hmm. And um, we've expanded to like a whole bunch of cities in the Midwest, Minneapolis, St. Paul, um, like some vacation cities in Wisconsin, like Lake Geneva uh, and Wisconsin Dells. And even out to San Juan, Puerto Rico, we just started so we could have an all year round place where people can go outside and do ghost stories. Um, And it's really enabled like doing the research and, you know, telling these stories has given people a chance to see these cities in a different light and you know to, to learn about the exciting parts of the history and maybe the darker parts of the history mm-hmm. maybe the salacious parts of the history yeah. but it makes them feel more connected to the land more t- connected to the place um in a way that you just don't get on your basic civics tour uh right. you know as you walk to the capital well you, and, that's the surface tour you've gone deeper right, right. And, and so we provide i mean it's, everything's based in history everything's based in you start with history and then you create the narrative of the building and the place and the people who worked and lived there. And then you have the paranormal stories that go on the top to give the, um, the historical part an extra, a bit of, um, 
you know, extra, extra bit of spice, I yes. guess is what does it. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's a great way to make people feel um, connected to a place in a way that they wouldn't normally, or some you know, the best compliments we get are like, I've lived here for 30 years and I don't know any of this stuff. Right. And I think that this city is cooler than ever now. Yes. And being able to do that has been um, really awesome and a lot of fun. Um, and it also inspires art, mm-hmm. which is, mm-hmm. you know, we, you know, like I said, we've been playing in a band for a long time and um, a lot of people write really good love songs. A lot of, you know, a lot of people write really good heartbreak and inspirational songs. And I'm like, okay, but who writes great love songs about werewolves? <laughs> yes. You know, like how, you know, how can you, how can you make your mark? How can you do something a little bit different? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we took on that task of, okay, the See You on the Other Side podcast is where we mm-hmm. talk about an in, like a topic every week, do interviews like this, like you're doing and, and talk about things and then write a song based on the conversation. So that, that provides some inspiration and right. it also provides a different kind of um, subject matter. So where if you're into this kind of subject matter, you might hear some deep cuts that you wouldn't hear um, in you know other bands songs that may be kind of about the same thing but it's it's you know you get at it from the side right you find you find the inspiration in these topics and then you kind of you get at the universal experience that a paranormal experience can kind of engender and kind of represent and um that's what we've been doing with our dimensional right I mean, it, all, all of these are just different dimensions. And, you know, when you bring about a song that's kind of incorporating that dimensional meaning or story or, or, or what needs to be said from that, you know, that is just those other different dimensionals. Um, you know, I very much believe in parallel worlds. Um, and we can ride onto different dimensions anytime, you know, where we think that because we're body bound, that we can't go anywhere. But we can come out of our body anytime and go anywhere. And that's really what a ghost is. It's no body anymore. It's still the essence of the person. Sure. And it depends on what the strength is of that person and how they come through, uh, whether it's just simply a haunting in a house or unfinished business or there to protect. Or um, We had a ghost in one of our houses, my mom and I, and um, she, she was... Uh, were there at the cottage when it was first built and it was something like a hundred or a couple of hundred years later and her, her husband had gone to war and never came back and she was still waiting for him her name was Lily and I swear she actually drank the spirits as well because we'd see them go down <laughs> hey <laughs> you know she, obviously she's like you're in my house <laughs> <laughs> you're buying you're buying the drinks right right exactly um but she was there all the time and there was a case with my mum who found a will uh, left by my father um, about um, some property that she never knew about because it was never bought out because unfortunately the the lawyer that um, he rep- that rep- represented him were corrupt um, and they did her down too much anyway she found these houses and then she went to went to go retrieve them again to go see her lawyer and she couldn't find them anywhere where she'd put them down mm. they're completely gone but she remembered everything and went to the lawyer and he managed to get a couple of those houses back for her. Um, but never ever did she find the documents again. It's like Lily had shown them and then they had disappeared. Very right. often she'd be standing at my doorway or sitting on my bed. She was completely friendly, except for the drinking. I think she had a bit of heavy hand there. <laughs> uh, right. Keep it cool, Lily. Yeah. 
So one thing about that, you know, I was interested, I'm always interested in people who have had these kind of experiences um, because mine have always been fleeting, maybe a little warning, maybe uh, mm-hmm. a glimpse into something that I wasn't supposed to see. So it felt like it was stolen. Um, and, and so when you talk to somebody who has had regular interaction, then you just wonder how life is different, at least when it comes to like, I think about high school mm-hmm. or I think about, um, you know, your first job, like, you know, if you have the wisdom of people who passed on um, hanging out with you or the wisdom of uh, uh, people on a higher or intelligence is on a higher plane. Yeah. Like what kind of questions can you ask him? Can you ask him like, should I go on a date with this guy? Is he a teacher? <laughs> a loser? Like what do you do with his last girlfriend kind of thing? Um, you know, is it little things like that, that, that seem to be, um, you know, they always ask a psychic, well, if, if you're so psychic, why don't you just win the lottery? Right. Right. The first question. Um, and then in Wisconsin, we actually have the story of uh, a woman, Mary Chenoweth, who, um, and my sister tells this story brilliantly. She's got a women in the paranormal uh, uh, presentation that she puts on at conferences. But uh, Mary, Mary Chenoweth, she um, had this thing that she called the power and the power would come over her and it would give her idea. He was a school teacher. And then all of a sudden she got this power that happens one day. She said it struck her while she was in the kitchen. And uh, then she would start making predictions about things. Mm-hmm. One of the things she predicted was uh, where this certain iron ore mine would be in Northern Wisconsin. And she and her sons went up and they bought property there and the mines all around it had gone dry. Nothing, you know, um, they couldn't find it, but she's like, this is where we dig. And okay, that's where they dug, and they ended up finding a, a, um, a mine, you know, like a, I don't know what you call it for, for iron ore or whatever, but they ended up find, finding enough iron ore there that the mine went for decades, and that she got fabulously wealthy, <laughs> moved out to California. One of her kids became like a, you know, a, in the legislature, the others started the, the Sun Sweet Raisins. Um, oh, right, right. The farmer, farmer wow. cooperative. Um, another one started, the, I think, the San Jose Mercury News. Like, the thing is, like... Um, she listened. So she, she listened, listened and she, she listened and, and, she won. and Yeah. He said that. She's like, hey, it was the power. Like, the power is the one that told me to, to go here, to, to change my life completely, to go from a school teacher to become the owner of a mine. <laughs> um, and you're like, that's an, those little amazing things when you hear... Um, you're like, that's somebody who used what they heard. Um, and it worked. And so I'm always wondering. Yeah. How many people don't though? How many people get this message? And and this is why I say, you know, you know, the gut instincts. I don't know. My gut tells me so I call that the soul intellect. It then resonates with your heart in truth. And it goes to your spirit interaction and your mind will know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. That is when you're open to the knowledge. And what knowledge comes down to you. If you're only operating from the head up, you're going to get this knowledge and your knowledge in your head is going to dissect it, analyze it, criticize it and butt it to death until you've talked yourself out of it. That's why you need the other equations in there with those intellects to have a balanced look at the possibilities of it. And if you still feel your core is driving you forward, go. Well, you know, I, I was just reading something yesterday about how actually um, like the, the nervous system that extends to our midsection, our gut, mm-hmm. um, does have a place in decision making. Oh, yes. Like that. Oh, yes. And so not just a, 
we're not just talking about something that has um, that that's not connected to our brains. We're not talking about the usual idea of um, there's a magical place in our gut where things come, you know, where, where stuff comes out. Yeah. There's actually a physical connection between yes. our, you know, our brain and our gut. And um, they talk to each other when it comes to making decisions. Yes. And that, I, I thought that was a really interesting thing because we always say, oh, I trust my gut. And that's, um, that is more literal uh, than I believed in the past. So I just thought oh, it was funny. Yeah. Um, it's codes I live by. You know, if, if I can't make a proper decision collectively, uh, it's not a decision to make yet, not until everything is in alignment. And when everything is in alignment, there's no need to verify, justify or anything. It is the truth of that moment and the way in what I need to do. And we are all capable of switching those on and, and channeling that. You know, you don't have to be dead to do that. We can do it in life. <laughs> sure. Well, have you ever had someone where you, if you, you know, you're, you're talking to like a, some kind of some spirit guide or something, or you're asking for advice? Um, do, do spirits seem to know advice, like know stuff? Or is it just like us where they're just like, well, you know, I don't know. I'm not there. Like maybe I can go check it out because I can fly there or whatever, <laughs> or you know, materialize and dematerialize. But, um, is it is is the knowledge level different yeah. on a different plane, even for like your regular old dead guy, or do they have to be advanced to some higher level? Um, we, I think it depends on where you are when you pass and what okay. level you're out of ascension. I don't think everybody automatically ascends. Um, have you ever seen the movie Doctor Strange? Yes. Okay, you know that wonderful scene where she pushes him out of his body. Oh yeah, right. right? right. That's, that's a great yeah. scene. And then he's off in the universe. Now we see him as a physical identity in the universe, but all it is is your collective consciousness is in that universe. And you are gathering whatever knowledge you need to know. It's a place of everythingness and nothingness. And, but you, it's literally not a body experience. It is a conscious spirit. And you bring that back into your body. And to remember this is a vessel. This human vessel is here for a different lesson, for a different connection. But our consciousness, our soul, heart, spirit consciousness is vast. And anytime we need to know something, we can step out of the body and step into that knowledge and know it. So yes, that universal knowledge is absolutely amazing. But then you have people like Pascal Fractal, like Tesla and Einstein and a few others that have decided to stay around and pass their knowledge back on and that they've are acquired or the unfinished business. So it's, it's the so many different, and that's the dimensional levels, dimensional levels of, of energy. And that's why you see some ghosts that are just walk through and they don't bother anyone. They're just there, you know, others that are maybe more intimidating others that are also like the sixth sense, you know, trying to get a message across. Sure. And it really just depends on what way they want to communicate. And I'm sure you've seen that. I mean, have you ever felt, in doing this, you know, where you felt that whatever that ghost per se wants to speak to you, you're open to hearing or you've come away with something that you felt that they've spoken to you about? Uh, you know, I, I think so. Um, there, had, there was a particular one uh, that, you know, right on my 33rd birthday. Um, so I guess that was 10 years ago, 11 years ago now, I'm getting old. Um, but <laughs> you know, old right, on my, <laughs> right, on my, right on my 33rd birthday, um, I just partied too hard, you know, went out, yeah. went crazy. Um, 
had a you know had a good time. Didn't do anything. Uh, I mean, except for vomiting or whatever. But it, it was a pretty it was a That's pretty the rough price night. You pay. Yeah. Yeah, right, pretty rough night. Um, and my wife, now my girlfriend at the time, she was wonderful taking care of me and all this kind of stuff. But I just you know like I had a, a rough time and I think I slept on the bathtub because I was barfing. And I told her. <laughs> And it was funny because she didn't know who Bon Scott from ACDC was, the original lead singer ACDC, but he like choked in his own vomit or whatever. So I right, like, right, I'm, like, yes. put me, I'm like, put me in a bathtub. I don't want to go out like Bon Scott. And she goes, okay. So I woke up in the bathtub. I'm like, wow, tied one on last night. But it was okay. It, you know, it, it didn't do anything crazy. Stupid right, you're just partying. Yeah. So just, you know, so I ended up A little partying. heavy on the partying. That's but all. It just, it, I was like, oh, but I, just, I, I felt horrible. Right. Um, and my band the next day had to go play a show and we played at this um, high school in a small town in Wisconsin, Viroqua, Wisconsin. Um, so small town, we were doing a benefit show there and the gymnasium was on the second floor and it, 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 the high school building was super old. Like the, the first high school built there, you know, it's probably mm -hmm. built in the early 1900s and we're playing there and uh, the show goes fine, except Okay, I'm on stage and there's three of us in the band. So we're in the corners. So the drummer's behind us, our drummer. And then I'm over here. Um, the guitar player's over here. And he's about, you know, 15 feet away from me because this is a big high school auditorium stage. And um, there's a, uh, the, the beginning is a, I play bass and I sing. And so I'm playing the bass part and I'm singing. And the line is, that was the day that I died, the best mm. day of my life. And it, it's a song yeah. about it's called a live day about when the horrible things happen to you, how something good can happen afterwards. Mm. Um, and it's mainly about some stories we read about soldiers who came back from um, you know, almost dying and then mm -hmm. changed their life for the better. And they said yes. it was the best day of their life. So as I sang that line, there is, I feel uh, a hand on, I feel my guitar, I thought it was my guitar player, a hand on my shoulder, like, Hey man, like just putting it like a firm, like someone mm -hmm. just resting on my shoulder. And I'm sitting there going, what's he doing? The spotlight's on me. This is my part. Like he's, the, is, he, is he cheesing this part? Like if this is too cheesy, it's going to come off bad. The crowd's not going to like it. Mm -hmm. And like, so what's he doing? And is he tried something cute or whatever. I look over, he's still, you know, on the other side of the thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so who, was on me and then i kind of i play the rest of the song i'm just like uh and then afterwards um and this is this even before we had the madison ghost tour or whatever but uh but we would always go to venues and you play in a club you play in a theater you play in an old building and then uh you'd ask about the ghost stories or something mm -hmm. to talk about with the staff when you're waiting around and, and getting ready to go on stage and um the person who ran the benefit was coming up. She's like, Oh, it was a great show. Good job. And we're just sitting backstage eating the craft services table or whatever. And, um, uh, whatever food they had for us and which was good, um, which is not usually good. So that was exciting. <laughs> but, um, so then we're eating and she's like, Hey, I heard you like ghost stories. I'm like, love them. And she goes, well, you know, a lot of people have had experiences right in that gymnasium. In fact, a lot of people had experiences on that stage. <laughs> and I'm like, really that's that's pretty cool um and i didn't necessarily say anything to her at the time like that i was touched when i was there but i felt like after a, a night that went a little too crazy and then the next day we're in a haunted place and i sing that line 
And then I feel the, you know, a hand on my mm. shoulder during that line specifically, not yes. the rest of the show, that right. line, um, that that was like, okay, that was the ghosts or whatever, or whoever's paying attention saying that, watch out, man, keep, you know, keep an eye on things, um, take care of yourself. You know, that's your one. Yes. You gave, you gave, that's yes. your one. We gave it yeah. to you. That was so your you near death. Right. <laughs> now so appreciate the one. new life, right? Yeah. So watch out. And I just thought it was funny. I was like, that's a really, um, like, it felt like a clear message uh, to that. Even though it's not, it wasn't some kind of, nobody showed up. Nobody, it was just right. at the time, feeling it, thinking so real that I thought it was my guitar player, being annoyed enough to the point <laughs> where I'm like, what's he doing? And then having somebody come up afterwards and yes. say, you know, there's haunted experiences and people have, and this, and before they know we're like the, a band that's into this kind of thing, come up, coming up and wanting to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think made that uh, a very clear message mm-hmm. that, you know, listen, listen to what's happening. Not, and I listen pretty good. I'm not perfect, but I still listen. I listen yeah, well, pretty good to the we've message. We've still got, you know, the human interrupters, you know, for right. living. Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, for me there's a lot of parallel worlds i mean i have gone so many places that i'm speaking to someone about but you didn't do that no this this dimension i didn't but i did in another dimension and i literally did do it in that dimension that's why it's a memory you know and that i think when we when we stop looking at something as all matter just matter and we start realizing that we are made of the universal particles and uh, all of those particles can change and merge with the universe at any time. Sure. You know, it's been open to it. I mean, some ghosts are just absolutely delightful. They're very friendly, or they're there to give a message. The ghosts that are earthbounders, as I call them. And that's where, if you had an earthbounder ghost there, you would have been vulnerable to it. Because, mm. you know, your defenses are down. And that they obviously are going to go after the weaker people people like myself at that time to open um, without protection. So it, it's again, in a lot of ways, mimicking life. You know, when we're vulnerable in life, um, that's when the vultures come out, right? They're going to pick on the weak um, because sure. they can't pick on the strong. But if you're strong in your belief and you're strong in who you are and you come from a place of heart, then you have that protection there. And, it, and once the spirits know you're opened up, to receiving they love to be heard well you know i always wonder um how do you know which so if you're if you're getting a message because the thing is if i can ask my I ask my friends for some kind of opinion i'm gonna get three different opinions and three different courses of action right and so when you would add you know if you're looking for some kind of and i think about this i've, I've you know i've been to a psychic a couple of times uh to check it out i've had my tarot read a million times a million things you try out to do um and just to see what kind of things the person will say. And, you know, in Wisconsin, about, uh, you know, about a, a little over an hour away from Madison, where I am, we've got a place called Camp Wanawak, uh, which is a spiritualist camp. And it's been there since 1874. And, and so it's, a, it's one of the, you know, there's only, there's, there's the place in New York and there's a couple other places in the United States, but Camp, camp Wanawak, and we also have a school um, called the Morris Pratt Institute. Uh, actually, that was formed by some of the money from um, the woman who got the power, Mary Chenoweth, mm-hmm. but uh, that's still around that teaches people in the spiritual, the spiritualist tradition, um, the one with the seances and things like that. Mm-hmm. 
And you can go to Camp Wanawak and they have like a, a non-denominationalist Christian service that is followed by like a spiritualist service mm-hmm. um, where you go and you can talk to spirit guides. And th- so I'm always wondering, like, if you ask three different ghosts, three different, you know, the same question, are you going to get three different answers kind of thing? Like, so even if you were, I think about, I have uh, all the friends I have and ask people for opinions. And then if I go out and let's say I've got paranormal friends uh, by <laughs> not just mean weirdos like myself, but paranormal friends in the sky or whatever, and they're going to give me three different answers. Um, you know, how do you, I think you've uh, got to remember that spirits don't come from the head. They don't come from the head intellect. That is a, a human thing. They literally, you know, come from the universal knowledge or the knowledge that they acquired universally in life. So the knowledge that you'll get from them will be the truth that you need in that moment. They're not thinking about it. They are just bringing it through to you as a channel. Be interesting hmm. though. I'd like to see you ask a ghost the three different questions and see. Well, just see what they say. Like, you know, yeah. somebody's like, well, I really think you should do this. Or maybe, you know, you know, thinking, thinking about it, we should do this mm-hmm. kind of things. Um, you know, you're just always interested in the difference because we see, because we see things from a very human perspective, yeah. obviously. I mean, it, it might be something different in the sense of how you're going to comprehend it. But when you look at it, it's saying the same thing. And I think that's some of the things we try to do in the ghost tours um, and even on the Sea on the Sud podcast is to try to help people kind of figure out what people who have had paranormal experiences, how it feels. Because as someone who loves to study this stuff and read about it and talk to people who have had experiences, um, but yet has had very, my experience has been very human. Mm-hmm. Um, where it was something like a feeling that the touch or, um, you know, I had a, a dream that um, came true, not necessarily I mean, in the way of like dreams come true, or whatever, but yeah. in the, like I saw something in the dream, I did it and it was a very plain thing. Like it was like a, a snowball fight and I kind of thing. <laughs> and then it happened a couple months later. Um, and there were some things there that I did not even know existed. Like some of the stuff my friend had or whatever, like the, I'd never been in this garage or whatever. And then you opened up his garage looked like it did in the dream. I'm like, okay. So it was a very practical kind of thing where it's like, I saw a little bit of that snowball fight or whatever in my dream. And then it happened. Uh, so it was like a glimpse of it. It was like mm-hmm. a glimpse of the future, like a very literal one. Right. It wasn't a feeling like, so when people say describe it, I'm like, let's say you're having a dream. You have a snowball fight and then two months later, the exact thing lays out. And then you realize it like in the middle of it, like I've done this before. Yeah. Uh, and not just deja vu, but you remember having the dream the day you had yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, or, you know, when I've had an experience of seeing things, it's been with other people. So we all see the same shadow figure where it's all looking and we're all looking at it. Everybody can see the exact same thing. And so to me, those are, you know, either it's in your thoughts, um, like in a dream, or it's in your eyes, or you know, it's in your you feel it in, in the human way. So when I think about people that maybe have had experiences, um, like you, you know, what you like you said, um, being able to communicate with dead. Um, I'm always wondering how, what's the best way, and, and this is partly when the ghost tours, part in the music, and part in the pie, all of it together is how do we interpret those experiences for people whose who's, um, the way they view the world. Their ontology is very uh, terrestrial, right? You know how yes. how how do you 
um, describe, you know, they always say like, you know, uh, what did Frank Zappa say that writing about music is like dancing about architecture, mm-hmm. that they're so different. Um, what, that- what I'd be fascinated with your music is something I know is that music and the frequency of music, the tone of music is very, very cosmic. It is, a, it is an energy that will speak to the body. And like music is a wonderful healer because it's, the, it's not necessarily the words, the, you know, the song or the play of the music, it's how the music is resetting our equilibrium and our, our collective soul and spirit in our body. So music you know, is, is quite fascinating, the fact you take something and then you kind of interpret it in, in a few music because music is an energy that is there, but so is our tone of voice. And everybody is at the level they're meant to be at, at a certain point. You're meant to be that entry level for people. People like me, I, you know, I speak to dead people and have been possessed. They look at it, I don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> right. Like I had somebody right? come into my body and like my room, yeah. was, I freaked out yeah. my roommate. Yeah. And, you know, for me, it's just a matter of fact, it happened, blah, blah, blah. For others, other people, it's too freakish out there. So you're an introductory into there are other worlds there are other dimensions there are other levels of different types of ghosts it's not just one type of ghost it's not just one type of dimension or one type of this everything has its own layer and where it's meant to be of what it's meant to be doing and so the work you're doing is opening people up to the awareness not the possibility the awareness that ghosts exist as well as people who are channeling people who have gone hundred years before or even channeling people from the universe this is we get in our own way as human beings sure oh yeah right you know restricting ourselves and and uh, saying no no we can't believe why not why are we we're we're limited with what we can do with this body but we're not limited with what we can do with our consciousness at all and you know when you talk about that um kind of the gateway Mm -hmm. into this kind of thing is you know, that really makes me think about um, how some of my opinions have changed uh, when we come to things like Bigfoot, the Loch Ness Monster, yep. uh, cryptids in general. Because yes. Okay, so Bigfoot to me always seemed like, well, completely reasonable because you have a big, you just have a, a, a hominid that we haven't discovered yet. Yeah. But then you think, okay, well, uh, where are the Bigfoot skeletons? Where are the, like, why can't we find any of this stuff? Like, where is it? Like, why haven't more people just been able to um, find a Bigfoot graveyard somewhere and show us, you know, a dead Bigfoot? I mean, there is this Minnesota Iceman um, who would go, so they call him Minnesota Iceman. And uh, this guy said that he had shot a Sasquatch. Um, Typical kill and ask questions later. (laughs) (laughs) And it would go around and it went around the Midwest fairs in the 1960s. And so this Minnesota Iceman and you see, and now you can see it in, um, in Texas, uh, in Austin, Texas, there's a place called the museum of the weird where you can go see Minnesota Iceman. Um, and, but some, there's controversy, whether it's the same Minnesota Iceman that was traveling around Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, Illinois um, in the 60s. But you go see it and, okay, does look like an ape or whatever in the ice. Or it's an interesting thing. Yeah. But that's the, one of the few times where somebody said like, okay, I got a body of a Bigfoot. I'm going to show it to you. Yeah. And, but just to get this, the idea of the terrestrial stuff, that 
um, that Bigfoot, the Loch Ness monster. You're like, oh, oh, the Loch Ness monster. Okay, well, it could be a dinosaur that yeah. you know just never died out. Sure. Right. I mean, that, all that stuff is believable on a base level. And so when you're talking to people about it, they think, well, that is reasonable. They feel it's reasonable. But you slowly have to get them over to the idea that, all right, Bigfoot might not necessarily be uh, a creature like we the idea we think of an undis- like an ape mm-hmm. or something like maybe you know it's bigfoot as a supernatural being yeah bigfoot you know when and i mean the idea of native americans um th- to them bigfoot was a lot i mean sasquatch was a lot more than just a undiscovered ape i mean there was a spiritual element yes to you know bigfoot's existence and also the idea that um bigfoot and even before we were searching for the bones um, indigenous peoples of the, of the North America were talking about Bigfoot traveling between this world and the other world, mm-hmm. you know, and then at certain kind of tree formations, when you would see like a tree that would be bent over all the way, like it had grown and gone to the corner mm-hmm. of the sun. And then all of a sudden it got too heavy and came down. So a tree that make a doorway, that was the doorway that they would come through. Right. And you're thinking, okay, so it's it's moving people along on that kind of yeah. uh, paradigm in this. Okay, now the, these are the things that even scientists think are possible, but let's move. You know, even even atheists think might be possible, right? Yeah. And then let's move to the next level and say, okay, well, why haven't we? People have had real Bigfoot experiences. I've talked to. I, I would say, I talked to a dozen people at least whose Bigfoot experiences are as real to them as any kind of experience you could, you know, when they just, and you're like, okay, well, there must be something to it. Mm-hmm. Are people just dressed up like apes and running around the upper <laughs> peninsula of Michigan? Maybe. I mean, obviously that's obviously it could be, or is there something to it? But, but then there's this, if we have it, then there's the usual arguments. Well, if we have, if, it, if there really is an ape up there, why haven't we discovered the bones? Why haven't we discovered more Bigfoot excrement? Mm-hmm. You know, where are the kids with all these different things? Um, Okay, well then, if we say that people have had experiences and we say it's not just people in ape costumes and it's probably not a terrestrial creature running around, what if we go back to the idea that it's from somewhere else and that it's opening people up to that possibility um, that of a non-human intelligent creature going back and forth between... uh, Dimensions or universe, yeah. Absolutely. And that, and that the Loch Ness Monster, same kind of thing. Or, yeah. or also the idea that, um, and this is interesting about how Bigfoot sightings also sometimes people report a Bigfoot sighting and then there's a couple of UFO sightings. And then there's a couple of poltergeist. And then, like, it seems that there's clusters of strange activity around um, the, the initial sighting. You know, the thing about the Mothman sighting in mm-hmm. West Virginia. Um, that seemed to be okay. People saw a humanoid figure. They called it. That's the big one too. They call the cops. Like if I saw a humanoid figure with wings and red eyes looking at my window right now, I would be like, even if I didn't think it was some kind of supernatural thing, you'd be like, okay, something escaped from the zoo. <laughs> and we got to get it because it's a, winged, a winged humanoid with red eyes. I'm going to call the cops. And, um, and that's what they did in, in West Virginia. And then all of a sudden, everything else starts coming. There starts to be UFO sightings. Then, of course, this horrible silver, the, the horrible bridge collapse and all those people die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the men in black start showing up. Mm-hmm. And all these things start. Mm-hmm. And you're like, all this, if this is just some kind of cryptid, 
then why would the other sightings happen? But the strangeness like ties together into, all right, well, now that we've accepted that this, this cryptid could exist and we've eliminated the other possibilities of it, then, then there's the spiritual, supernatural, paranormal dimension that yeah. we have to acknowledge. And once we get on that path, then it's, so it's bringing people from something they can believe in yeah. to then opening that a little bit and opening that a little bit and opening that a little bit more until you have a whole universe of possibility uh, to, to choose from. And you can do that with a podcast like we're talking yeah. today or we do on See You on the other Side. And you can do that with art yes. um, as we, you know, we try to do with our music and videos is to, um, you know, Open the doorways. Right. Open the doorways yeah. so, you start so you start thinking about it. Because, um, hold on, I kicked out my thing here. Well, you know, the question I need to ask is, when people are of faith, they believe in God. Mm -hmm. They see God in everything that's meant to be good, right? Because God is love. The universal right. energy. I had a one host on where it was the world according to Gus, God, universe, spirit, whatever you okay. wanted to call it. Sure. But it's all about that entity and that energy. But if you believe in a God whom you don't see, he's not at the pulpit every Sunday. You're just asked to believe in his message and in his energy. And those that do find the God within are always with the God. They know that that God or that um, entity of love is always with them. But you're asking people to believe in something, can't blanche. And it's the same with this, you know, the spirit world. If you give people uh, the invitation to feel the experience, to feel the presence, not to, to look at it in fear. People being kind of quote body snatched doesn't happen often. <laughs> it's right. not a norm. <laughs> right? Right, of it's that experience of knowing they're there and a message they may have, or just protection, or just warmth and comfort, or just, you know, they like to know that you know they're there. Um, and just open up to that. You don't see God. Um, maybe you don't see the ghost, but you feel the presence. What's the difference? Well, I think that's, a, that, you know, that is a, a great point. The idea that, um, you know, especially in the United States, so many Americans firmly believe in a creator, or they, you know, they believe in a higher power. Mm -hmm. um, and so since they believe in a higher power, um, then is it that much of a stretch? Yeah. I think there's the rest of the invisible world out there. Yes. And you know, the thing is, is that also a lot of Christianity though, doesn't like to deal with the rest of this. Nope. Um, you know, because they'll say that the thing is that you're not actually, I saw a great meme the other day and it was somebody playing with the Ouija board and it says, well, when you're playing with the Ouija board, you're not actually talking to the ghost of your dead aunt. You are talking to a demon pretending to be the ghost of your dead aunt. And I read that and I'm like, first of all, who made this meme? Like took the time to do it. Second of all, uh, if, if that's the attitude, right? That's what you're that, going to get. That, that everything, that everything, <laughs> yeah. you, everything that's spiritual, that's not specifically related to God is going to be evil. If that's the attitude, then um, it's it's going to be hard to have a to be open to the idea of spiritual entities of of good uh, of other good spiritual entities in the world. And so it, that's that kind of thing. 
Um, I'm not exactly sure why uh, it's always like that. Why it's, I mean, maybe it's the idea that people will start, because like in the Catholic church specifically, I grew up Catholic. Um, you're not, you know, when you pray to a saint, you're not praying to the saint to do you a favor. Right. You're not, you, don't, you don't ask a saint for, hey, uh, you know, like St. Christopher, like, oh, okay, I'm going on a patron saint of travelers, right? Oh, St. Christopher, I'm going on a trip. I want you to, or my mother's going on a trip. I want you to keep her safe. You don't say I want you to keep her safe. You say, I want you to pray to God to keep her safe because he can do it. You're just more saintly than me. So the chances are he'll listen to you more. <laughs> you know, that's the idea, right? Is, is, is yeah. that when you, when you pray to a saint. And so, or even when you pray the rosary, you're asking Mary for her intercession. You're, it's not that she can do it herself. Mm-hmm. It's just that she's got a closer ear because she's the mom. Um, and, uh, you know, it's that kind of idea. Like maybe people are worried that if you allow all these yeah. different spirits in, then all of a sudden you lose sight of uh, the deity, and then you start praying to the the small, asking favors to the smaller deities, and that is back to the paganism which they were fighting in the first place. So maybe that has something to do with it. Um, but it, it is like it's a weird place we have in a country where more people are religious than not religious at the same time um it seems to be that uh the paranormal scares them at the same time as um maybe it shouldn't you know one of the things i know from i've done over two thousand shows here and one of the things that is very very common amongst everything is everybody having to get over fear and it's a fear that's been imposed on people right from the word go. Um, it's a fear of um, not being popular, a fear that everyone's going to hurt you, um, a fear that you'll never fit in, you know, a, a fear that somebody's out to get you. And we're, we're DNA and bred that fear. And then when a child is born, sure. we breed that fear further. And then you've got school, you've got government, and you've got religions that like to stir that fear up because it's a form of control. And this is where people are constantly trying to break free. Um, I, I want to take these grips off me. I want to explore life myself and go down a path of understanding why I am here, who I really am. And that's their wonderful self-discovery that leads to what I call their beautiful instrument of life that they then find an orchestra to play in. If we're not willing to take that journey and participate in our lives, we're always going to be puppets for some organization. So one has to ask oneself, am I carte blanche just believing and following because I've been told to? Right. Or is this of my free will? And in my free will, I'm willing to be open and willing to learn. Even if I don't comprehend, at least open up to the fact that something else is out there. Well, I think that that's one of the good things about getting older mm-hmm. um, is that you have to worry less about being cool, especially yes. in art. You know, I'd say, yeah. like, you know, like if you worry about, um, whatever's in the radio or whatever, you know, like whatever, like you always say, whatever the 22 year olds are interested in, which is fine. It's awesome. I was, you yeah. know, I remember it. I love it. Right. But it's, um, I also remember chasing trends. Yes. And thinking like, okay, well, this is hot. So let's get on with this is hot. And that doesn't necessarily lead to, not that you can't hear new things and incorporate them and use new tools and all those kind of things. But if you're chasing right what's reason. hot, Right. If you're chasing what's hot instead of 
being true to yourself. Yeah. Your art, your art is not going to connect. No. What you create is not going to connect with people because they connect with that authenticity that, that they connect with that realness about mm-hmm. it. Um, and then you're not going to have the success you want anyway. Right. So chasing trends, worrying about what's cool, uh, lying to others or lying to yourself yes. because you're worried about what other people think mm-hmm. isn't going to um, get you where you think you want to be. Yep. You know, and, 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 and it's so never going it to open matter. you out to what's there. Right. I mean, if we could get out of our own fear, our own ego, and understand that, you know, we are discounted this cellular and this enormous body um, of, of people on this earth, and understand that we're here, each and every one of us, for a reason, and we're willing to explore that and be open and be led then we would understand and enjoy life so much more. But if because you've got blinkers on, because we're letting other people pull the strings, then we're not going to learn. We're just not going to be open. And where do we see the anger? Where do we see the rioting? Where do we see the hate and, and the shooting? It's always based on fear. And fear, well, fear, is, fear, is the, fear is that devil that's looking back at you. <laughs> Love isn't. Right. <laughs> right. No, fear, fear is the, uh, you know, the, the, from the movie Donnie Darko, that, like, Patrick Swayze plays that. Like, um, you know, he's always got that love, fear mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. thing, which is it's funny in the movie. But at the same time, if you are afraid of something, that's when you lash out at it. Mean, fear yes. leads to violence. Yes. You know, it, it, and um, you become because you're afraid of something you're you want to attack it and and that's that's basic human nature you know 101 right there and so that idea of like yes be afraid of a bear be afraid of a tornado be afraid of cancer there's a million things to be afraid of that are really going to kill you but other people's opinions will not yeah and um you know just saying something unpopular if you really believe it is not going to, um, is not going to kill you. Like we're afraid. I, it said that more people are afraid of, um, like public speaking, or something like that. Afraid of death or something. Yeah, I've read some stupid statistic. That's like a crazy thing. And it's like, even if you mess up in public, you're still not going to be dead. You're like it's still better than being dead. So get out of here. Like, the tomatoes it, aren't going to kill you. Right. Well, <laughs> even even bank even bankruptcy and. Yes. Um, you know, now as compared to like, even if you run out of money, even if you lose your house, the most of the people are, you spoil it, you're probably still gonna have a place to sleep. It's not even being like, like if we were in a cave right now or famine happened or something, you're yes, you, you very well might die. But now if you go broke in our developed Western countries, the chances of you starving are very little. I mean, you're, you're not going to eat great food, but you're not going to starve. And if your business goes out or, you know, if, you know, a lot of people are afraid to do what they want to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I got to do this. I got to work in this office or whatever my, because I need to have my backup. If I don't, and then all of a sudden they get to my age and they're like, oh my God, what did I do? Like I, now I want to get started and it's too late or I'm too Never tired too or can't work. Never too late. Right. I'm a good example of that. I started this at the age of 57. Hey, been going right. eight years now, right? Well, that is great. And I've interviewed people as old as 86, uh, who's now 87 and just started her own TV show. You know, the thing is, we're never, ever too old. And we never stop and rest on our laurels. We can pause 
and enjoy the triumphs of that particular goal. But our life is going to be fluid and constantly moving forward, constantly learning, you know, constantly adapting and adopting and exploring because that's what all life is about. And the more you open up, the more clarity you're going to get. I mean, you step into, you know, cancer, by the way, is an 80% emotional disease. So people who are afraid of something will manifest it because that's well, what mean, you've asked the universe for. <laughs> of course. I mean, like the thing is, if, if you are, um, your attitude and all those kind of stuff does, I mean, that does matter. Yes. Um, I mean, I know people who have died from the diagnosis, not the disease. And uh, so, I mean, uh, the head game is obviously oh, important, but yeah. that's what I was trying to, um, but I mean, is there, there's real physical things. Yes. Like disease that are scary that can, can take you out. Um, but the, also you want to, you know, obviously keep your head up as best you can. But the other thing is if, what I was trying to get at was that with fear, um, the fear of failure Mm-mm. in like career or the fear of failure in fulfillment and artistic or, um, you know, all those kind of things that hold us back because we're like, well, it's not going to work out or I'm going to, you know, what's going to happen if I lose my job, kind of those things um, that those are absolutely scary things. Um, but the thing is, you can work for, a, you know, I've seen so many, you can work, get a good job for Ford, get a good job for General Motors and it can still go to business. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. those things, you can take, you can, your backup can still fail. Yeah. Um, so you might as well give your, you might as well give it a shot with what you dream about and what you mm-hmm. love to do. Might as well give that a shot. If it doesn't work out, that's okay. You can always go to your backup. Yeah. Uh, and if your backup and you didn't you- fail because you tried. Right. The failure and- is giving up. Yeah. That's I, why I, so I completely thought so we have very important fears yes. um, that keep us alive. And then we've got these fears that are silly. Like yeah. we're going to like, you know, oh, I don't want to be made a fool of. Yes. Well, then don't be an entertainer because you can fool them, you know. <laughs> And that's that's part of the game. Yeah, um, and it's okay. Not everybody has to like your music, but for the people that do, you're on their frequency. You know, right. you're playing to their groove, and it's not like if if everybody loved every piece of music out there, we wouldn't have any creativity. Again, it's preference. Are you speaking to someone? You know, in the heart and soul. If it's coming from your heart and soul, they're going to pick it up from that. If they're right. not picking it up, they're just not tuned into your channel. And I, I think that's, I think that's just important for people to realize that, you know, you can be, um, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to screw up, uh, no matter what it is. And mm-hmm. the thing is, cause it is not screwing up professionally is not the end of the world. No, um, it's just a lesson learned. That's right. all. And you know, you, you even find out that maybe if you die, it's not the end of the world. Who knows the kind but, of thing, yeah, exactly. but, well, you know, but, it's, <laughs> but stay on the planet as long as you can. Yeah. Um, but the, but you kind of, when you talk to people and you learn that, and it, it just takes wisdom. You know, I think, I think about this too, when I think about people talk about multiple lives or, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, levels of ascension, um, is that wisdom doesn't seem to be something you can read about. You can, yep. it, can it can help. It, can, it certainly can help. Um, but wisdom seems something that you have to earn through experience and, uh, that's, you know, when you're like, well, that person that must be an old soul because they've had, you know, you had to go through a lot yeah. to get to what they understand. And I feel like um, that kind of, that kind of thing where you, you understand when you talk to somebody who's older, who's gone through it, you're finally, it's like, okay, well, what, what did they do? 
What can I learn from it? What can, you know, what can those kind of things, because they've, since they've earned that wisdom through experience um, and you're still in the middle of that experience, the only real way that you can start making better decisions is by talking to people who've gone through that same thing. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the, when I talk to older people um, who've gone through that, they're just like, yeah, I was afraid, but I just did it. I felt fear, but I just just did it. And um, so the worst thing that happened, you know, unless it's something like, I don't know, jumping from a plane or something, but the worst thing that happens is you end up as a pancake. But the the (laughs) most- Make sure there's a parachute, please. (laughs) Right. And the the most thing, in most situations, the worst thing that happens is you make a fool out of yourself. But if you learn something and had fun, then um, there's there's nothing wrong with being a fool sometimes. And you know, wisdom is something you acquire by understanding what knowledge you have. You know, you can be as knowledgeable as anything, but if you haven't got the wisdom on how to use that knowledge, sure. that's just knowledge. And wisdom comes from you going through the process in life, through learning, through opening up, through exploring, from being willing to understand there may be something outside of your comprehension, but that doesn't make it wrong or non-valid. And our ghosts and, and our um, our alien entities and all of this are here to teach us, to show us, to help us, to guide us. And if we're willing to open up to that and explore what it can be, it can be a wonderful experience. Well, and I think that's, especially when it comes to paranormal investigation and going out to places and checking them out. And that's one of the reasons we love doing our ghost tours and things is where people can, we don't really do investigations as much as we just stick to the history because you can't promise a paranormal experience. No, you can't. And I don't want to deal with those Yelp reviews. Um, but you know it it is going to a place and going through it and there's no substitute for it like physically being somewhere and experiencing or you know seeing the weather and how things look up close and what it smells like and what it feels like to physically be in a place um, where someone is describing a paranormal experience to you is just like you said like you can read about it Mm -hmm. but there's a way of feeling it. Um, You know, I I think about this particular and, um, and this might be my final example here, but I I was thinking about uh, in Edinburgh, they've got a great haunted history tour called the city of the dead. And you go um, to the Greyfriars Kirkyard and you go down to the black vault where, um, you know, the English and the Scottish fought and it's uh, it's a massive graveyard and a lot of people died. There's emotional energy. There's crazy. And you're hearing these stories and everything's medieval and it's just perfect. And as you're sitting there, um, just the feeling of being there, the air, the, the, the color of the clouds in the sky, the, uh, the trees that you know are hundred years old, the trees that might've seen these yes. stories happen. Yes. Um, the place, the feeling of being there, Compared to reading about it, or, you know, if you, it's almost like, you know, um, when you read about something, well, you're just imagining what you feel like when you watch a movie as compared to then when you go to a place and you stand there, um, like in the black vault and the city the, in Edinburgh and uh, you're in the back of the room or whatever, and there's 20 people in the room and it's just it's dark and it's interesting and you're getting the history and the full experience and you realize people were kept inside this thing, which is just, they just cut it out of a rock, you know, they yeah. cut it out of the rock. And so it's like a man-made cave and the, the feelings that those people would have had and your, 
getting that energy off of it and you are reliving it through the energy mm. of the people who were there, it's just irreplaceable. Right. Um, and so when we're talking about wisdom, like you, you can't, the, uh, the knowledge you can get from somebody with wisdom is great, but it's not the same as knowing what to do because you've done the other thing before and you're like, you get a feeling in your gut saying, I'm never going to do that again. Mm-hmm. So uh, that just makes me think about, um, you know, when you were saying that, it makes me think about why it's important, like in these haunted history tours or these paranormal investigations. And it's, it, same thing with our band too. Like right now, we're obviously not going anywhere mm-hmm. um, until things start opening up again. But um, it's, it's going, it's, it's, the, it's the music in the room. It's playing yes. for people. And it's when you turn an amplifier on and a drum hit and stuff, it's uh, the music when it all, all these sounds crash together and they come into people's ears, that's what makes the magic happen. And then the it's also vibrations. the vibe the, the mm-hmm. people who are watching mm-hmm. and then you on stage and then your interaction with each other and coming back and forth. And that's what makes the magic of a live music experience really exciting. Um, yeah. And so those kind of things we haven't quite figured yet on how to do a, a virtual version of, but um, that's why it's a lot of it's just like getting out there and doing it um, seems to be uh, just a, um, a good way to, uh, um, to people who are people who are searching for something and w- want to know, I guess, um, something more than it's just in their head, feel yeah. it in their gut, and feel it in their heart, and all these kind yeah. of things going out and doing it instead of just reading about it or yeah. write, even just writing about it, that's going to be the way that you're going to start to realize maybe there's something more to this because you're outside of your head and you're in the world. Experiencing it. There's nothing to, to you know, better than actually experiencing something, right. you know, and, and really like, what does this mean? You know, um, and sometimes it means nothing other than just turning your frequency up. Having you aware, and I'm sure with these tours that you do, you may have no, you know, uh, activity with certain tours. And then some tours, there's a lot of activity. And that could be because of somebody that's come in the tour that is open, you know, on that channel. And so they bring it in. And we, you know, some mediums can command. Um, I can't. They come to me when they want. Sure. Their own free will. But it's having that person that is just ready to receive. And then, you know, the, the spirit goes, ah, you know, somebody who can hear me. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's the idea of like, we are programmed for spiritual experience. Yes, we are. Um, and so whatever that means to everybody, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's great to get it. It's great to feel it. And I think the more that you exercise that muscle, the more you're going to see whether it's God, universe, spirit, like the Gus guy said, um, the more you're going to see that wherever you go. Yeah. And I think the more you see that, wherever, like the more you exercise that spiritual muscle, um, the better it's going to be. And the more balanced you're going to be as a human being. hundred percent. Yeah. You know, the one thing about scientists is now they've understood quote spirituality. They realize it's people that are living on a higher frequency and you, sure. to live on that higher frequency in spirituality, you have to come from the heart and it is the heart presence and everything that you do and they you know they can measure that now the scientists and go okay now i understand it's not kumbaya you know it's a presence of being and being open you know to experience and and being open to project um love and that's what it's all about Uh, 
UFOs, of course, are another topic. You know, um, they're definitely out there. They've been among us for a long time. Um, right. And a lot of people have had sightings. You know, yes, I've seen one. And I think at the present moment, you must be getting a lot of people calling you right now because there seems to be a lot more sightings recently, a lot more awareness, which I've said they're going to make themselves known soon. Well, I mean, who, I mean, for that kind of thing, number one, when the Air Force came out and they confirmed those, um, the videos that had come out, uh, a few years back or in 2000, I think December 2017 is when New York Times printed mm -hmm. um, that about the UFOs. And then now just a couple of months ago, it seems like a perfect time. Of course, the Pentagon is going to come and say like, hey, well, everybody's distracted. Now we're going to yeah. say that, yes, the unidentified aerial phenomena. You know, I do think um, there is obviously something to it. I've never really had a UFO experience. A lot of my friends have seen some crazy stuff in the sky mm -hmm. that they can't explain. Mm -hmm. um, is it aliens? Is it other, uh, um, is it uh, just uh, travelers from the future? You know, who knows yeah. what any yeah. of those things can be. Exactly. But, and are they you know, all bad? No. Right. You know, why do you have to assume that, you know, everything is bad? So there's definitely something to it. Um, and obviously now even our government's acknowledging that there are things out there that they don't understand and they don't know where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, it, it makes it ripe for yeah. uh, discussion, for exploration, for research, to going back into old cases and seeing mm -hmm. what happened. Um, I'm, uh, you know, one of my friends uh, wrote the biography of J. Allen Hynek, um, the, uh, the guy who was in charge of Project Blue Book mm -hmm. and had the Center for UFO Studies in Chicago a long time. And He's, you know, getting excited about the possibilities of these old files being reopened and looking at them with fresh eyes and seeing what people, um, you know, what are, the, with new science, with new technology, with new uh, ways of looking at it, how can we go back and, you know, say like something that might have been dismissed in 1965 today? Well, now that we know, you know, now we know maybe a little closer to what they could have seen yeah. and people are, might be more open to it now. I mean, uh, I think the idea of extraterrestrials, uh, some people are like, that seems very reasonable because it's a big, big universe. And you're like, yep. well, of course, there must be yep. other planets. But then they're like, well, can we go faster than the speed of light? Well, I don't know. But um, that's, uh, if you believe in the possibility of extraterrestrials, then it might be we have the possibility of going faster than the speed of light and they can come visit. Yes. And th that wouldn't be any different than, um, people trying to cross the new world. I mean, trying to cross the Atlantic yeah. Ocean, going from Europe to North America. That Without be falling any... off. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, that, that's, they just, there's just no difference. Um, and if they have the kind of pioneer spirit or mm -hmm. the, you know, the idea that they want to see what's out there, um, why wouldn't they come visit a, a uh, a civilization and try to talk to us. Help that us, seems, please. <laughs> right. We give you all the help we can get yes, right now. Exactly. So I think a lot, even to a lot of non-spiritual people, quote unquote, um, the UFO phenomenon um, makes them feel like, like, okay, well, I can get on board with this. At the same time, though, you see somebody like Willie Strieber, and he says that the, um, the UFOs, the aliens that he encountered, like in communion and, and everything, he says that they are actually more spiritual than we are oh yeah that, that, you know that, that there's more that they, they have their own kind of soul element mm -hmm. um so then you're like okay what kind of implications does that have the aliens have souls right. the, you know does what have you know 
then what level of consciousness has a soul or does everything just have a little piece of soul and it goes back to the the big collective soul <laughs> right the collective soul and then we just when we're out here we have our little piece of it we learn something and we go back into the collective mm-hmm. when it's all done yeah. so who i mean that's that's the kind of thing where um like i was saying before like once you're in a little bit on Loch Ness Monster. Okay, once you're in a little bit on UFOs, now let's just, now that the foot's in the door, let's just wedge it open a little more and say, okay, aliens, they can read minds. How do they read minds? I don't know. Maybe they have a spiritual element. Okay, and then there's telekinesis or it could be telepathy involved. Well, how does telepathy work? Well, let's keep ramming that door open. Yes, um, and then Until then we can uh, like learn as much as possible. So I think I, I love all of it myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like fairies for a long time. I thought fairies were BS. And then I started talking to people um, mm-hmm. who had elemental experiences. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay, so it's not Tinkerbell, obviously. No. And fairies but, will only be seen by those that they choose to see them. Sure. But this idea, though, of this non-human intelligence yes. alongside us, um, that, okay, I mean, that's, that's exactly what we were thinking about with fairies. They just mm-hmm. weren't these little girls with wings in the garden. It ends up being something, especially when you go back to um, the different kind of lore behind them yeah. uh, that you realize, okay, fairies can be totally scary sometimes too. And you realize how non-human the intelligence might be. Um, and then uh, it just open, it opens yourself to a new world. I was like, okay. So at the end of it, I was like, all right, now, is is there something alongside us? Maybe. And I mean, I find myself the open more you it. open up, the more you literally open up to see things right. in a different way. A saying was given to me nearly three years ago, I think. Um, the universe is going to shake us up, to wake us up, for us to step up and change it up. And that this year, 2020, was going to be a reveal and something was going to happen to unite the people of the world all together. Didn't know it was going to be a virus. But right. have we ever in the time of history where everybody's on this in the same boat and look at how it's opened people up into connecting and giving and sharing and appreciating. And what it's done is elevated our frequency, is elevated our awareness. And the more that is elevated, the more it opens up. And the more information is going to come back in. You know, I think that's definitely true in a lot of ways. Um, I mean, obviously things can, can just get uh, reduced. I mean, the, the idea of the reductionist, that's the materialist view in the, in the main part. But things can be reduced to political teams and things like that. In the U.S., it happens all the time, constantly. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but that idea also that there is, uh, that we do have, everybody in the world is focused on one thing. Mm-hmm at one time. And has there ever been a time in human history besides maybe the second world war or something, but n- not with this much access to information yeah. and to media and to each other. Um, has there ever been something like this where if you talk to somebody from Denmark, they're on the yeah. same thing. You talk to somebody in South Africa, it's the same thing. You talk to somebody in China, it's the same thing. So all around the world, people are experiencing this at the same time. That is completely unprecedented. Mm-hmm. And I hope that in the end, it does foster a sense of we are more alike then yeah. we are different yes. and people start feeling like this idea that we, you know, we're very far away from each other, but we can also connect and talk and interact and empathize and um, find ways to understand how, like that idea that we're all in it together is it's hard to remember that sometimes. And mm-hmm. it's, it's important to be like, okay, everybody's going through their own thing. 
And if we all can come out of this, kind of understand that everybody's kind of going through their own thing and doing the best they can, um, then that will be the, you know, the positive aspect of this kind of, and who knows how it's all going to turn out. You know, that's the, hopefully we don't lose that many people. Hopefully not many of that people lose their jobs. You know, the, all the kind of things that are going to happen. Um, and we're only a couple of months in, so we still don't know. But um, I do think that uh, there has been some positives in yes. the way that people have connected to each other. And hopefully we'll focus on that and that will continue to grow. And then uh, some of the bickering and the acrimony and all those kind of things um, will go by the wayside. And they'll never go by the wayside, but hopefully the focus will be less on yeah. that and yeah. more on the good parts. That, that frequency will go down. <laughs> this right. will go up. Oh, yeah. and, and of course, Mama Earth is so enjoying us being isolated right now. I mean, just look at it. The ozone is closed. You know, right. you know that I did right. I was driving. Yeah. I, I, um, I was working on a, a ghost tour today in a town about 40 miles away and I had to drive up there. And that was the first time I drove more than four minutes in a car in mm-hmm. three months. I was like, wow. All right. It's been a while. And so you appreciate it more. <laughs> I certainly did. When things get taken away, we appreciate them a lot more. Certainly did. Well, I'm really glad that A, you're doing these tours and that you're doing these shows because the more we talk about it, the more we make it normal, you know, and less hooky pokey, you know, and there always are going to be the people who are disbelievers and that's not your audience. It's for the people that are inquiring, that are open minds, that want to know what are the possibilities, what are other people experiencing other people may have had an experience and didn't know what it is. What does it mean? And by listening to shows like you're doing, it gives them that, oh, okay, all right. I don't need to be afraid of that. I you love know, skeptics. I up. love skeptics yeah. because it's, it's a chance to, to keep going deeper. Mm-hmm. And as you say, like, okay, well, what about this? What about this? Let's keep going. Let's keep going. What about this? Until, yes. we, can, until we can eliminate. And when we eliminate the, um, the stuff that's normal, then that's the stuff that becomes paranormal. And that's when it becomes interesting. And it's those cases where you're like, you know what? I can't think of any other reason why this happened. Right. Um, that's when it starts getting exciting to talk about. And that's when you can really explore the possibilities. And so absolutely. I mean, people who are just going to be, you know, close their minds, are like, I don't like that kind of stuff. Sometimes that feels like they're afraid of it. Um, you know, they're afraid if they talk about it, something bad's going to happen to yeah. them or that they'll get possessed. Or yeah. <laughs> but I think for a lot of people, um, once you give them something reasonable and they can start exploring ways of like, okay, well, what about this? And, mm. and they go in there and then you can start saying like, okay, we've eliminated all of the normal explanations. So let's see what would happen if we opened up ourselves to the idea of something beyond the normal explanation. Yeah. And when we get there. That's when it's exciting. And that's when I think you can open people's minds because these experiences, you know, whether or not paranormal phenomena is quote unquote real, the experiences are very real. Like it's real have, to the individual. That's the thing. It's not to dictate have, have to have it. People certainly have experiences. Yeah. And, and they believe them no matter what. Right. So let's, let's give them a chance to express them. Let's give them a chance to analyze them. Let's give them a chance to help contextualize and find meaning in them um, so that it doesn't have to be a scary experience in their life. It can be a positive experience or at least a learning experience that they can grow from instead of something, whenever they think about it, they're just terrified. Right. Yeah. I mean, once you let go of that fear and you become more inquiring, the more you open up. And you know, again, it's going back to that knowingness. You know, you may not be able to touch or feel it in the tangible state, right. but you cannot deny it. 
and you know if we get out of our heads of prove it prove it you know with that kind of attitude you're not ever going to be proven because a great deal of this is the faith and the trust of what it is and that's what, how you'll connect to it and each person is going to have a different connection in a different way they certainly well they certainly do but you know the experience is very real to them and it's, yes. it's just like how do we how do we deal with that that you know something that happened that, that supposedly shouldn't have happened to mm -hmm. you has yeah and so it's it's then um a matter of just getting it to a place where they're comfortable with it and that that's that's something that um it's like you know like art you know it's it's finding you know heartbreak is a horrible thing you get your heart broken you're like oh no um but then you sing a song about it mm -hmm. and that helps you find meaning in it and helps you it helps it better it, help, it helps it become something beautiful instead of something horrible yes and um you know, I think that's something we're doing with our podcast, something we're doing right now with the conversation. Yeah. And um, that's the, it's, it's the finding the art in it. And I think the more we do that, the more people will appreciate it and um, the more people will reach. And just open up, open up completely. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to close out with some of your music. So what song do you have here that is appropriate for this particular conversation today? Absolutely. So um, this song was inspired by a conversation we actually had uh, with one of the guys from the show, Haunted Towns. Um, and his uh, his group is called the Tennessee Wraith Chasers, and he was he was doing an event at the Lizzie Borden House in uh, Massachusetts, and so he was doing an event at Lizzie Borden House, and I was you know he was in the hotel the night before the event, and we're talking to him and his girlfriend, and his girlfriend is like a medium, so she was you know talking about some stuff too, and the conversation was a lot about like well people had paid money to go stay in this haunted house and um and it's like a bed and breakfast now where these people were like with Lizzie Ward and killed her parents and um and they were paying extra money so they're going to ghost hunt with this guy from a tv show and it's just an interesting kind of thing because i'm like yes i've gone to the myrtle's plantation um in um uh, louisiana and spent you know extra money so we could stay overnight my sister and i uh did ghost hunt there people stay in the queen mary mm -hmm. um in Los Angeles, people, you know, all over the country um, and the world now, people are spending the night in rooms that are haunted and doing ghost hunts and going there specifically to try to find a paranormal experience. Right. And this particular song uh, is inspired by that. And um, it's called Spend the Night. Nice. Well, how do people find you? Um, how do they go on these ghost walks with you and also your podcast name if you give all those Absolutely. links, please. So uh, you can find our latest single, uh, the single we just listened to, you can find that at sunspotuniverse.com. And if you're interested in listening to our podcast, it's othersidepodcast.com. And if you'd like to join us on one of our tours, if you're in the Midwest or you're going to Puerto Rico, um, maybe you're hearing this later, um, where we're going to have tours also in Los Angeles, as well as Maui, uh, once that's opening up mm -hmm. soon, hopefully, hopefully. Um, then you can find that at AmericanGhostWalks.com. AmericanGhostWalks.com is where you can find a list of the cities and pick up tickets. Right. And of course, the podcast, you've got all sorts of interesting people on there with all sorts of experiences, which absolutely. is absolutely great. And, you know, the more you listen to something, the more you open up. 
you know, it might be, oh, I don't know, that kind of feels a bit far-fetched. And then you listen again, well, that person had that experience and that person had that experience. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something to this. So I, was, tur- I was turned around learn- on, I was turned around on fairies. Who knows what you could be turned around Exactly, about. exactly. And, you know, it's not everything is a bad experience. I mean, it's, it's a wonderful experience to have this, this energy. And the, those things that you measure, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the end thing, that is just measuring that kind of, uh, energy that's coming in and goes some are stronger than others and so you know that is showing that energy signature that's right. there right well definitely fun and uh, thank you um i've actually got a couple of people i'd like to send you to an interview because i think you will have fun with them as well <laughs> sure uh, but it's a uh, it's all about being open-minded just be open-minded like listen learn explore and um you know, let the fear down, you know, open up the mind and just see where it can take you. And that goes to anything you do in life, but especially when it comes around, you know, the ghosts. Um, well, I think keeping, you know, keeping an open mind, keeping an attitude, uh, you know, they always have that, the beginner's mindset. Yes. And they talk about that. Like there is, when it comes to this kind of thing, it's always the beginner's mindset mm-hmm. because you're always trying to, you know, you're always involved in something you can't quite put your finger on yeah. understanding while you might get glimpses of things there's no clear understanding you're gonna get out of it and when somebody says they know all about it or they're like you know when somebody gives you their expert opinion i'm always like okay well we're still dealing with some weird stuff here so um that you can always have a beginner's mindset when it comes to the paranormal and that's part of what makes it fun because yeah. you can always approach it with a fresh perspective and chances are you're not going to be wrong right and this is why you are where you are doing what you're doing because you're opening that up to the beginning mindsets and, and helping them gradually go in and explore. I'd like um, to think so. Right. And which is very much open. They don't get to my weirdness until they've gone through those doors. There. <laughs> right. Well, the people that have had, I mean, we used to have a shot glass in, uh, in a, a house that our band house used to live in. And it was like a, a huge shot glass. And so it'd have like this far up was, believe in aliens this far up was seen an alien this far up was abducted by alien all the way up was i am an alien and we, and so, <laughs> right, so that's, that's the joke that i laugh when i think about when i think about that alien shot glass you're right yeah i like that i like that a lot um thank you so much for coming and sharing with us today you know uh, so many people are fascinated by this subject and because they want to know is it real you know uh, sure. Do they mean harm? You know, what are they going to sell? And, and as you said, that beginner mindset, just open up to it, explore, you know, explore for the podcast, explore on the tours um, and just see where it takes you. And, uh, you know, let, leave the fear at the door, right? I think that, no that leave the fear at the door is a great way to put it. Great. Well, thanks a lot, Mike. And to everyone else out there, just please, you know, explore. It's, a, it's an intriguing world. And don't forget that that energy was once a person. And all they're doing is just hanging around to, to share your energy and your experience with you. So get out and try it. Until next time, bye for now.
Hoping some rubs off on me Well, I don't get queasy And I'll spend the night Is it the fear I want to face? Is it the memory of the chase? Is it the blood I want to taste? I just don't know Is it a lust for the profane? Or a dream of the insane? Well, we just can't explain And we'll spend the night forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening. <laughs>